91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. episode of horror movie night and man is it ever a special day because our little boy kyle is all grown up he's all grown up and he's grown up and he's grown up yeah the final step of being a a host of this show is to pick a movie and uh we won't get into why he had a, a little bit of a limitation on his options for this particular movie but he picks snakes on a plane which means that he's slipping right into that classic third co-host of just picking something horrendous. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't think that you can absolve yourself like that, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me and Scott always pick good stuff. No, no, yeah, okay. no, no. No, I'm just saying our first picks, our very first picks, we're fine. You picked Wolf Cop and I picked Dr. Giggles. That okay. was off to well, a great let, start. We also wow. have to be honest with wow. okay. each other. I feel like I'm the- on par here. This is okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm in okay company. Fuck, guys. Man, I mean, no one I'm got cool. their face ripped off and then they screamed without a face. Mm. But, Matt, what was your first Reddit Horror Club pick? Probably Freaked, but I don't know. Th- oh, I mean, that would have been too early. That would I can't I can't imagine I picked Freaked first. first right out the gate. Right out yeah, the gate. yeah no, Matt's shit. the kind of person that, like, when someone starts dating someone else, and they're like, I can't show them everything yet. Yeah, I, I got to make like, sure this that they're is cool. me. <laughs> <laughs> Love me or leave me. And then we all know what they pick. But well, I, that's why exactly why you don't do that, Matthew. That's, you specifically don't do that. I feel like this doesn't completely. I was trying to find something that would represent 
my first pick while under, like you said, some of the limit, the slight limitations. <laughs> so I will, yeah. I will prompt and say that my next pick is a true Kyle pick. Not that this one isn't. I, I've, I found the, I found the Venn diagram where this, where these meet, right? And, and, and Snakes on a Plane was part of the first double feature I ever saw in a theater. Oh. So I, I was trying to find something momentous to incorporate here, and it was the first double feature I ever saw in a theater alongside accepted the Justin Long uh, college Beautiful. comedy. So oh, man. I also saw this in theaters yeah. when it came out. Scott, Fuck are you no, the odd this man This is my out? first and last time watching okay. this film. Ah, so look, Kyle, on. I got to ask you, my theater experience, I saw it opening fucking night. It was, it, it was Why? actually, well, because this is actually so extra cute. funny. I was getting ready to go to we, the next morning. We went to a Christian music festival. So we were like, well, we got to say it before that. We were like, we don't want this ruined for us by other people. Right. B, I think this thing lasted in theaters all of five days. So if we didn't see it during that first week, we would have been in trouble anyway and would have had to wait for the VHS release or whatever. Yeah. But in your theater experience, yeah, did your theater give a standing ovation when the line happened in the movie? Because uh, my you know, theater so, did. So I <laughs> saw it. It must have been a early afternoon during the summer. I was was this two thousand two thousand six or two thousand eight? I want to say two thousand six. That feels about right. Two thousand six. So I'm in high school. It's the summer, and it's a, either a matinee or an early afternoon. I should have grabbed the ticket stub. Oh my god! It's. <laughs> Uh, no, that didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> Long story short, no, that didn't happen. I think amongst us, we did one of those like, ah, like, yeah. but that was probably the extent of it. Um, before we go too much further, I'm sorry. I just want to show you got a snake on the on, on the can today. There we got go. Snakes on the snake can. On, snakes snake on a can. Snakes on a plane. Snakes uh, on a can. And it's it's called the way I see it. And the way oh, I see man. it is. Oh damn it! You know what would have been perfect is if there was a beer called Snakes on a Pilsner. Come on, uh, man. Fuck, um, I got to pitch that to somebody. Side note, also, it, never a better time to share this story, but I, for about three years, I was in a bowling league with my friends Shrop, Ed, and Anthony. The year after this came out, our bowling team name was Snakes on a Lane. Ah, nice. That's good. Yeah, we that's came good. in third place. Did you ever place. win any soup, Matt? There was an internet question floating around where it's like, question about bowling for soup. Are they bowling because soup is... Is the prize at the end, or are they bowling on behalf of soups everywhere? And uh, Jared finally chimed in and said, "We're bowling to win the soup." And I, oh, said, okay. I feel like anybody with half a brain would have come to that assumption. Oh, but somebody got too stoned and too stuck on yeah. the other yeah. on the other question, and they just Kyle. What did you I'm do sorry, last I'm weekend? Sorry. What was the username? I thought that uh, Twitter account looked familiar. No, uh, so. So, yeah, so we were Snakes on a Lane. That was uh, one of the three years we did it. We were Snakes on a Lane one year. We were Sparkle Motion uh, the other year where we came Ah. in second place. And I take so much pride in this. At this particular bowling alley, when you would win at this league, they would hang a plaque with your team name. And the year that we won, we always pulled movie quotes. We were watching Dude, Where's My Car at the time, like quite a lot. And they kept using the phrase gay Nordic dudes. And we're like, why not just throw that on there? So now this bowling alley has a plaque <laughs> in honor of the gay Nordic dudes. For you, their- played the, you played for your <laughs> lives that, that year. I, I love the fact that there's like a small-ish suburb of Philly where they just have that on the wall. Like, because <laughs> nothing pisses off rednecks more than like happiness. Yeah, happiness. So- exactly. Joy. Exactly. Just good times. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the 
I remember following the entire saga of Snakes on a Plane as mm-hmm. it was unfolding on So IMDb. there's a saga, and you need to explain it to me because this is all news to me. I don't okay. know anything about this. So basically, here's what happened. They were making a run-of-the-mill PG-13 trash-ass disaster movie. But this was when like every movie nerd on the planet basically woke up first thing in the morning, hopped on IMDb, and was just chilling in the IMDb forums that you would have on like different movie pages, right? Oh, what a time to be alive. Oh, yeah. So all of a sudden, this movie is on IMDb called Snakes on a Plane, and it says that it's starring Samuel L. Jackson. And everyone in on the internet is like, this is a joke, right? Like, this can't be a legitimate movie. So this internet campaign gets started on the IMDb forums that... They will not see this movie unless Samuel L. Jackson screams, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on my motherfucking plane. That's the only way to justify this title is if you put that ridiculous line in there. And because there was such a chatter amongst the internet about this movie and that line, they decided, all right, we'll give you your line. But because of that, because it said motherfucking twice, it meant that this PG-13 movie was going to become an R-rated movie. So they're like, all right, well, let's film a bunch of extra shit to like really earn that R rating. Which, honestly, the reality I've concluded is that all of the stuff that they shot after the fact to get the R rating are is arguably the best parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> If it wasn't like, because this is where you get like the snake biting a dick. <laughs> this right. is like amazing. You know, like it's like that's everything that's shot in the in the airplane bathroom. Is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> snakes, snakes on a boob is the yeah. Uh, yeah. The boob, I, you know, this yeah. this really puts into like in a perspective all of the jokes that I had written down, um, <laughs> and I don't appreciate that because I have nothing to fucking make jokes about now. <laughs> I mean, it, but it 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 comes down to like it is a dumb like this should have been. All things considered, <laughs> a straight to DVD Steven Seagal bullshit. Yeah, but it, it, it is the reason that it's two hours long because they added all that stuff to make it R. Probably they what they so here's the mistake that they made. They added 15 minutes. What they should have done was also subtract 15 minutes. <laughs> It's right. to like no, what they should have done is out. subtract 30 minutes and make this <laughs> fucking proper length. And then the other big thing that's worth noting about this was that I'm pretty sure this was also during the MySpace days. So as this IMDb fiasco is blowing up, then like Snakes on a Plane's like, we got to ride this momentum. So they start a MySpace page. This is the part where things get hazy to me because I don't trust the internet and I certainly what? don't trust <laughs> yeah, MySpace era internet. But yeah. basically Snakes on a Plane was like, hey, we need a theme song for our movie. So we're going to have a contest where bands can submit a song to be in the movie. And supposedly that's how the Cobra Starship whole thing started. That's fucking bullshit. Uh, yeah, no I, way. I think that they had already signed Cobra Starship to do yeah. the soundtrack. And then we're like, hey, they're big on MySpace. So if we pretend that it's a contest to get the song right. in the movie, that gives us even more buzz when we inevitably pick this song. Yeah, right, I mean, right. Cobra Starship has connections to Midtown. There's no fucking way that that they were like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. I've never I don't have any connections with the industry. And I just somehow become the, the right. theme song for, for for Snakes on a Plane. This, and the song's terrible. I mean, well, Cobra so Starship bad. is absolutely awful, awful. And it's made worse because of how much I loved Midtown. Watching the video... 
the music it's video, the closing they, they... credits song. <laughs> oh man, I felt so dirty. I felt awful. Yeah. The song was terrible. It felt like a chicken and the egg sort of question. Uh, yeah, yeah. That I was. I didn't know how to answer. Well, so uh, here's with Cobra what I, Starship. Here's what I think. I think that there is an element of truth, and I think that there's an element of falsity to mm-hmm. it because if you look at this particular song and this version of Cobra Starship, and even the fact that the band is called fucking Cobra Starship. Yeah, basically snake playing, but... Yeah, I could see the alternate reality version. Like, I agree with you that this is bullshit, and they just, like, tried to make a contest out of a thing that already had a winner, basically. I mean, winner, it's, it's a manufactured band, right, is what you're Big getting time. at? Well, well, I was going to say, this particular song almost feels like it's just a super group of a bunch of dudes on the same label, because you yeah. got Gabe... You've got the guy from Academy Is, you've got yep. Trevi from Gym Class Heroes, and you got the girl from The Sounds. So it's like, That's, yep. and and the name is literally almost a direct reference to the movie. So like, I could see that version where it's like, this started as a joke that somehow became more famous in the mainstream sense than the, the actual All bands. All of the bands that were <laughs> connected to it combined. Yeah, like that's... That was the power uh, of my setting, dude. All that's they really upsetting. needed was to actually do a booty go thump track <laughs> that would have been that would have solved everything. They didn't need to do the Cobra Starship bullshit at all. I'm such a sucker for a fake rap song or a fake like pop hip hop song. Yeah, you and are. It's straight up called Booty Go Thump. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, let's go with this, um, man. Hold on a second. One of my favorite discoveries. While we're talking about this, I'm, I'm going to do something I almost never do on this podcast, which is play music through my phone into a microphone. Oh, no. This is, yeah. I hope this is just I've been for waiting for this moment my entire life. Right. Please, thank you. So doing an episode of One Hit Thunder, we were looking at a song's – I think it was Danzig. Danzig Mother we were looking at. And we were like, this song peaked at this number, and we're looking at the songs that peaked higher than it. And as I'm scrolling through it, there was one song that jumped out at me where I said, I have never heard of this song in a million years, but it somehow charted higher than Danzig's mother. And it was a song called Donkey Butt by a rapper named 12 Gauge. Within 10 seconds, I was like, I understand why this did better than Danzig mother. Donkey? Donkey. Like basketball donkey. Yes, like donkey. And here we go. <laughs> Sold. Two fucking seconds. <laughs> How was this lost to time? Oh, oh, wait. Well, I know. <laughs> but yeah, don't dude, be, this- don't be like. I know wow. this song because I no, don't know that no, song. No, no, no. I did that. The intro definitely not. Dude, the but that second... sounded. I gotta figure. I gotta find it. Anyway, the second no, I heard that, Spotify no, don't give up them like big old butts. legs. I was like, this is the greatest. This song. Is amazing. What an intro. What an intro. <laughs> I've been thinking about that song since I recorded that episode in like November. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. It's, it's been months. Um, man, we're doing a great job of not talking about the movie. Well, Stay so before- play. <laughs> <laughs> I know we need to get to the movie. I mean, or do we? Literally has no plot. But I got to oh, say one thing. Plenty. I know there's a plot, but it's <laughs> do we need to talk about it? The one thing I got to say that I had not even thought about until Matt was talking explaining this whole situation where it became a meme that became a movie. You know the I'm the juggernaut bitch 
from X-Men Last Stand was the exact same thing. Yeah. And that also came out in 2006. The internet has too much power. Well, it, this was the peak. Yeah, exactly. This was the peak of internet has too much power, but it also kind of in a weird way began a long downfall where like, I, I think we're kind of getting back into an age where the studios are kind of listening to like what the internet chatter is and you get stuff like, you know, Willem Dafoe saying, I'm a bit of a scientist myself in in like the newest <laughs> uh, Spider-Man okay, movie. Okay, let's, let's leave all of Spider-Man No Way Home out of the argument because that movie is such fan service. It's not even fair. That's true. But what I'm saying is like X-Men Last Stand got destroyed by the fan base. Yeah. And I feel like the I'm the juggernaut bitch line is arguably the only part that people positively remember about it. I don't um, remember that positively. Come on now. <laughs> but like snakes on a plane. Let me let me get the exact box office, but I know that like 62 they, million. Yeah, they put <laughs> God, so much they put surprised. so much money into this with all of the Okay, so it did make its budget, but they the way that the internet was acting about this, they thought that they had the film of the fucking summer and then like nobody really showed up oh. for like they spent That's so much money on reshoots. Yeah, they were like let's spend the money on the reshoots. Like mm-hmm. this is going to do gangbusters. Like I think it went from like a 10 million dollar movie that would have done perfect like a 10 million dollar movie making 62 million is oh, a great, great like spend it almost double that in reshoots and then it only making half of like it only doubling yeah. your budget once is like oof <laughs> like, yeah. yeah and those reshoots all involve gore and effects and like things that will only amp it up it's not like you know shooting another thing of dialogue like only dialogue yeah. or only it's 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 just that's just crazy to me that they went all in and for not much of a return, not if anything, much, except mean, for the culturally existing as this thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that you can still say snakes on a plane and people will be like, even if they haven't seen it, they'll be like, yeah, I know. I know that that's a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, it's which is kind of fucking bonkers because it but, really but shouldn't exist. It should be for us only. Zeitgeist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like that makes me think of this might be like too on the nose, but. Sharknado is also like a memed movie. It's yes. it is bigger. Its name is bigger than the film, and people know it more than they know the film. Like that have seen the film. Like I've never seen Sharknado, and I know enough to make a fucking joke about it, right? right. Yeah. And people probably know the same about Snakes on a Plane. But right. think about how much money they spent on this film, and how much money they didn't spend on Sharknado. And I feel like your return on memory and cultural relevance is insane. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree. And it makes me wonder if there was something... I was trying... I was racking my brain after Snakes on a Plane, because I felt the same way about Sharknado. Similarly, I was like... I, the first thing I note was that this movie is a real trailblazer <laughs> because I'm like, they had, you know, all those movies, you this. know, there's, the, there's Piranha, which, you know, has, has mm-hmm. reference material or has pre-existing material, but at the same time, like really goes balls to the wall on Piranha. There's Sharknado. And then there's even things like the Meg. Deep Blue Sea. The, the balance of seriousness to joking with Deep Blue Sea was here. And then Snakes on a Plane just, just, just tipped it the other way slightly do you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah. like mm-hmm. I, I don't i was trying to remember if there was something before that but how seriously they take some of the snakes on a plane like the setup or the explanation is literally a quote that says there's a crime boss who wants to kill a witness who is on a plane 
going to LA from Hawaii, so he loads up the plane with snakes. That's all. That's it. But the crime boss Eddie Kim says to his henchman, asks Eddie Kim, "Are you sure about this?" And he says, "Accidents happen. You think I didn't exhaust every other option? He saw me. Every other option besides putting snakes on a plane. <laughs> like there has to be." I know that was a long-winded way of getting to that point, but I could not believe, like, within the first 10 minutes, they're like, oh, that's how we're going to explain it. Like, he had it. He tried every other option in the two days that it took or whatever the fuck to be like, he's a witness. (laughs) It was great. It was just, it was bizarre. It's bizarre. The whole movie is in the title. The the whole movie is in the title. Like, (laughs) Like, I know they have to get there. The snakes and the plane and the people have to get all on the same page. But, like, it doesn't matter how. But I just thought that that line, they were like, that's how we're going to explain it. It's fine. It's, Whatever. Yeah, it's, and there's 30 minutes of 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 character development. That's why it was PG-13, brother. Like, because yeah. it was all gonna take. This, I I also recognize that the rapper didn't sign an act. So there's a there's a rapper character who did Booty Go Thump, who was going to be in first class and got bumped because <laughs> the FBI. Yeah, and in the airport. You know, there's a slew of fans that come up and he's like, they're asking for autographs or trying to take pictures or whatever it is. And he signs a boob, but he does not sign the boob. He signs the shirt. He signs the baby doll V-neck that the woman is wearing because that was PG-13 before they, before it was R. They certainly shot that part fucking before anything else. Yeah. There, like, how many other like movies that have we seen where it's like some some for lack of a better word groupie character mm-hmm. is like oh, could you please sign this and they like rip their shirt open and you right. see full frontal yeah and it's like that's the that's the go-to and with yeah. how many other like a horror uh when they all the r-rated horror stuff they go all in on that yeah. the stuff that's left over just doesn't match at all like it's so bizarre all of the the mercedes being the heather graham knockoff and like yeah, uh, yeah, it's just so like the, the, do- the dog bit it's just there's so much Why totally is, the do- is is 2006 an acceptable time to name your dog mary kate it's such a <laughs> weird reference yeah it's, it feels weird it's, so it, it, it's all really clunky. i'm not upset i just no, don't understand I, just, I, I don't get it i don't remember that time <laughs> here's where every here's where like the biggest conundrum i guess the the the, the double-edged sword that is snakes on a plane is like yeah they invested all this money on these reshoots but but like we said like they're the only watchable part of the movie is right. the reshoots like if you removed those reshoots there is nothing in this film it's a tv about. movie yeah like yeah. it's it's yeah. it's just like airport it's an airport movie you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. it's just like oh the pilot's sick and we got to figure out a way to land the plane with some passenger like right. it's it's just a nonsense disaster movie that like kind of got that like got pushed into that thriller borderline horror realm by the reshoots but like like i said like remove the reshoots this is a straight to vh steven seagal bullshit movie like it's like like you show nothing you think that we care about any of the passengers on this plane the only person i cared about on this plane was keenan because it was fucking keenan and i just (laughs) get excited when i see him yeah absolutely well dude like that's the thing they blew this thing up so that it's it's on the cover of fangoria that like that summer (laughs) when the movie's coming out it has the whole it's the whole fucking main article of that fangoria issue from i mean whatever month in the summer but like still it's like it gets pushed into this realm that's bizarro but also it's like if it was already r 
like if it so you're saying if it was PG thirteen it would have been straight to VHS like whatever. But if it was full R the way that like we watch those movies, then I think that we as like a horror interest group would accept it way more. But it's this weird like Well line. they didn't care they didn't want to be accepted by be like yeah. a subgenre. They wanted right. to be making a fuckload of money. And in yep. two thousand six you're not really I, that's a weird time. I mean, I'm sure that there were successful horror movies at that time, but I don't think that big studios were putting them out. I, no. I, I'm, I'm trying to think because, like, the big movies were all French Extreme and, and right. um, like, High Tension was, like, the right. biggest movie of that year, right, if I right. remember correctly. Yeah. In horror. In horror, yeah. Like, that's the ones that – those are the ones that stick. I wanted to take a look at what that August looked like because August is still, like, usually primetime blockbuster. Sure, it is. So it was a rough August, dude. Like, there's a couple (laughs) movies that I – here's the thing. There's movies that are bad in this list, and then there's movies that are good that I know for a fact didn't make any fucking money at the box office. (laughs) So you've got Barnyard – the first Barnyard movie came out that August – Talladega Nights, probably the best film oh, that, that made good money. Big. Like, yeah. World Trade Center, the the Oliver Stone World Trade Center movie. Oh, Pulse, <sighs> Step Up, Zoom with Tim Allen, Accept It, The Illusionist, Material Girls, Snakes on a Plane, Beer Fest, which was great, but made oh, no yeah. money when it came out. I saw out. that. I it made no money. I saw that in theaters, and that was the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life. How to Eat Fried Worms. Idle Wild starring Outcast and Invincible starring Mark Wahlberg. That was the entire month of August. Like that is wow, not a, a good summer aside of releases. From, no. So there's Beerfest and and what was the other? Talladega Nights. Those are the two big ones. It, it, really. oh, I'm sorry. There's one in the middle too that I was like, the oh illusion, yeah, that, well the Illusionist. The Illusionist. Yeah, is, yeah. yeah. Oh, but that's yeah. a really good movie. I don't know if that made a lot of money. The Illusionist had the downside of coming out like a week before or after the prestige, which was like so close yeah. to the well, same I mean, concept. They're very similar. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like the illusionist more personally. Like I, I would rather watch the illusionist over the prestige. I think that because it makes sense and the prestige does not. If you sat me down and showed me the prestige, but told me it was the illusionist, I would believe you and vice yeah. versa. <laughs> I wouldn't know any better. <laughs> no. So the prestige gets too wacky sci-fi. It's like, Hey, we're going to go like hang out with Thomas Edison for a little bit. So he teaches out of like time travel or some bullshit. What I thought that was fuck? Nikola Tesla. It was Tesla, Tesla. That's right. It? They hang out with Tesla. <laughs> also. What the fuck? Edison is rolling in his grave because some random white dude on, on, on a podcast confused him with Tesla again. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what, guys? I hate to do this to us. We barely even scratched the surface on this movie. It's been 30 minutes. So look, I'm going to do something that we've never done before on this show, but I think next week we'll do a part two of this. We'll continue the dialogue and the conversation. So, you know, next week, part two of the snakes on a plane, but we really do have to rush through this. 921 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hi, friends. The world got you down. 
Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm Shane O'Hare of the Geekscape Games Podcast, the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape.network. Join myself, Derek Krenevelt, and a guest every fortnight as we discuss video game news, video game reviews, and dissections. That's Geekscape Games every two weeks on Geekscape.net. You know what? Let's get the double features out of the way right now. So what are you guys thinking for double features with this movie? I just, I think that you got to stay snake oriented as opposed to airplane oriented in my mind. So I have to go Anaconda. Son of a bitch. I, th- right. I know, I know, I know. There are other giant animal movies you can use there that, Matthew. Are. There are. I think you'll, I think you'll be all right. But I think Anaconda, you know, it leans, it leans more horror. It's still silly and out I mean, of it's John Vaught. Of course it's, it's horror. He's yeah. horrifying. <laughs> it's, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's very fun. Uh, I love Anaconda. So that would be my double feature. I get Anaconda is one that I keep bouncing back and forth on if we should do on this show. It you feels do, wild uh, that we haven't done it on the show yet. Matt, there's only one person who's going to pick it, and it's you. Or <laughs> so Kyle now. I, I, it's, I, oh, no, it's not on my no, list. Kyle but I, already, I, guess I, thought, I thought that you already picked it. I thought you already did Anaconda. So. No, no, so you Good. can throw that on Mission there. Accomplished. All right, Scott, <laughs> Scott, I've got two now that Kyle's taken my my number one with a bullet. So what are, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm going really, really horror movie night with it because i have to just say curse to the bite i'm so sorry no but like that is the best turning into a snake movie out there <laughs> the wide i know there's genre. a lot yeah, yeah it's a huge <laughs> genre but that's the one that i think is it takes the cake kyle's face is, is telling me he's king. never seen curse to the curse bite. to the bite oh man do i need to see the first curse? no 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 okay. no i mean if we're going with things happening on an airplane since Anaconda's taken. Uh, I will just go with Airplane, the classic comedy from 1980. Um, but if we're talking about big lizard movies, I got to give a shout out. Scream Factory gave me an early Christmas gift. Alligator 1 and 2 on Blu-ray. The best feature, the Alligator release is three discs. <laughs> it, is, shit. it is a 4K HD disc. It is a Blu-ray disc just packed with special features, including a vintage commercial for the alligator board game that came out to promote the movie. Okay, I know what I need to find for you for Christmas 2022, Matt. Scott, (laughs) Scott, you basically already did with that Jaws board game. It is the exact same game. I I understand that, but it's still important to find this For sure, for for sure. And then the, the third disc is the television cut of the movie. Is that what you saw originally, Matt? That's what I grew up watching originally. Yes. And they and they added that in there, A, because the edits are incredible, but also because it has like <laughs> 
10 minutes of footage that isn't in the normal movie that like that always happens with TV cuts, right? They have to cut mm -hmm. out the really gory stuff. So they pad in time with like extra shit. So you have all that mixed into it. Scott, I have to tell you the one line though, your, your favorite line in the movie in the TV cut, he goes, what can I say? You're a, an award-winning herpetologist with, and he looks at her chest and goes with, Great eyes, and it's a completely different voice <laughs> saying the word eyes, which is a, it's an amazing dovetail to the whole like there's what what did they dub the motherfucking snakes on a motherfucking plane to um, didn't they a monkey Monday, uh, yeah monkey flipping these monkey flipping snakes on this Monday to Friday, Friday plane. plane yeah ridiculous yeah, that, which is a, 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 in in old English uh, is a popular phrase that they would have used anyway. yes yeah um. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah we are actually historical horror movie night this week <laughs> <laughs> I know normally we would let the person who picked this movie tell us about the what did they watch this week but obviously we put a pin in something you were about to say so let's jump to you first man I got two things to talk about then okay so I'll try and keep them both brief because they both they both relate to what we're doing this week and what we've talked about so one I finished reading the book The Fisherman by John Langkin, and um, I think that's how you say his name. It was the first new horror novel, n new as in um, novelist, new novelist to me. The Fisherman is by an author that was new to me, and it was suggested because I was trolling through Goodreads. It was a really weird reading experience because I ended up loving it, and it feels Lovecraftian in a way, kind of like Annihilation is existential. It's it's Lovecraftian horror that's been digested for a hundred years, that kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. But the funniest thing about it is it's not a long book. It's less than 300 pages. And the first 80 pages, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna fucking finish this book because the writing sucks. And it was very obviously a stylistic decision. Yeah. to have this writing style and it really pissed me off and it was really hard to read and I was rereading sentences because they were not punctuated correctly but it's supposed to be kind of like a dialect and then it goes into like this whole backstory of the titular character and you're like I don't love this and then shit gets really weird and then it, it I, I loved it and the very last page was the best way to end a meandering book it was so fucking abrupt and it felt like the exact opposite of so many things where i don't know if the author didn't know how to end it and so he was just like oh, you know just like kind of like <laughs> squeezed out whatever the yeah. ending was but i also feel like he had the ending and he was like okay i've gotten through all the hard part and then i get to write 10 pages for the ending and it just it, it is perfect. So I highly recommend The Fisherman. It is a really great read. It wasn't that hard. I would just say slog through the first you know, third of the book, but then it's great. Because you mentioned the Buttercream Gang. There's a mention of the Buttercream Gang on Peacemaker. Yeah. And I rocked through Peacemaker in two days. So good. I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked it more than I thought I would. I really disliked the first one and a half episodes. I was like, I am not going to make it epi eight episodes through this. And then things got weird. Like, I was hoping James Gunn would make them. And it was fun. I didn't think it was as funny as it could have been. Can we celebrate the great opening credit scenes, though? Like, are you uh, one yeah, of the best the dance. title sequences ever? Here's the thing that I like about it. I, I, I agree. It's not the greatest thing that's ever happened. I think it was definitely a show that worked watching week to week. I feel like it'd probably be a real chore as a binge watch because 
it's a lot happening. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think gotcha. I think that it's the closest we've gotten to James Gunn just going fully back into trauma territory in a really long time because it is just like that is some Tromeo and Juliet shit that's happening at points in this in that show. Yeah, and you B know, it's basically like the feel good version of the boys. <laughs> you yes. know. And the other thing that I will say, and I'll say this as spoiler-free as possible in case there's people who are on the fence about watching the show and like us talking about it's what's going to convince them, but James Gunn had said before it had aired, so I'll just quote what he said, I cannot believe that DC Comics allowed me to do what I do in the last episode of this show. I agree. (laughs) That was... Very impressive. Yeah, so that's that's your little tease. Your talk of, is convincing me to watch it. So yeah, it's it's an, it's pretty cool. But all right, sit down, watch the first two episodes back to back, and then you can go, then go and watch it. one at a time. I, can't, I dude, just burned through because I was sitting at my desk. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Kyle, what 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 did you get a chance to watch this week? Quick uh, shout out. I did see Studio Six Six Six. Somehow, some way, I got to go to a theater because I've fucked up our podcasting schedule and, uh, <laughs> already had a babysitter lined up because carly was away <laughs> so right. i ended up right. going to see uh, but i i was trying to find a movie to see in a theater studio 666 was playing a couple towns over i went there i was the only person in the theater not just my theater literally the only person in that wow. like cinema like except for the employee who sold me popcorn so uh really weird um goofy and gory and fun and then i also saw the next day, Carly took the day off when she got back from her trip, and we saw Cyrano, Peter Dinklage. Oh, nice. And we went in relatively blind, uh, and we cried a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it, what I really want to talk about is that I watched uh, 2005. I want to go back to a year before Snakes on a Plane, and then I watched Cry Wolf, oh. which is not uh, – it was fun to watch or rewatch. <laughs> um I had such a crush on Lindy Booth when I was a kid. I probably liked I probably liked her because in wrong turn they allude to her giving a blowjob and um, you know, teenage what? Kyle is like, Oh what? Um <laughs> you know. We'll get to talk about her again one day when I eventually force us to watch American Psycho too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean cry I think Cry Wolf would be uh I wouldn't say it would be good uh, horror movie night fodder, but it would be Kyle suggesting Horror movie night fodder. I think it'd be a fun watch altogether. I mean, it's got a cast. It's yeah, it's got a cat. It's got a cast. It's interesting. It's like that early use of the internet to try to talk about shit that's going like to, to try to really develop a story. Um, and then, like, I mean, it plays into you know, like that game werewolves or like whatever. I, I don't know. It goes by a million different names, but it's that party game where oh, you try to yeah. like, you know, it starts with that and then it transfers to the internet and then it turns into a slasher uh, who gets developed via the game. You know, it, it's, it's got an interesting premise, but it's just like, it's on the cusp of, I mean, Kyle, all you got to say is I want to pick this movie and it's 90 minutes because as long yeah, as it's dog. 90 minutes or less, that's like a big, I have watched way worse <laughs> shit than cry wolf for this show. It's, got john bon jovi like oh well that was the big one um <laughs> that i forgot about i did not know that john bon jovi was that's all i know about started, that movie until we started watching <laughs> and homeboy is a teacher in a boarding school and he just pops up if you I mean, now now you've now you're through the other side so you may or may not watch it but if you went in blind <laughs> somehow <laughs> um i don't know it's it's it, 
I had I must have watched it on DirecTV like at some point around the age that I was describing, but and hadn't watched it or even thought about it since. But it was on maybe HBO Max. Yeah. We I'm, it. I'm it was look. I'm I am in the pro. We should talk about it category because I have never seen it. I'll save the rest. I'll save yeah. anything else. I've never seen yeah. it, and it's probably the most. It's probably the movie I've walked past the most in my like blockbuster and looked at and said, "Do yeah. I?" And then have always said no and moved on. Um, all right, so I'll wrap this yeah. up. There was a uh, yeah. Blumhouse presents uh, five part true crime docuseries that netflix dropped recently called worst roommate ever oh yeah megan watched that yeah it was it was i mean fun is never the word to use with true crime it was interesting i at first i was like this is like the first two story or two is like horrifying right like they're just straight up murder mystery true crime tales and they're upsetting. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can deal with like three more stories like this. And I guess the producers felt the same way. Because then like you get into the third story and it's it's more legitimately like a worst roommate ever type situation where it's just like, yo, this this dude is an asshole. And like these people and he's still fucked up and misogynistic and and has murderous intentions and and it it doesn't end well for somebody it's not the first story which has like an absurd body count like a like a legitimate serial killer body count that's like really upsetting and then the third story or the the final story is a two-parter about something that i really had no clue about that like literally sent chills down my spine thinking of how easily someone could get sucked into a situation which is uh, a serial squatter. Oh, that's why you were texting me about this. Yeah, like like the idea of like someone who's just like, hey, yeah, no, I've got like a good background. And like, you know, they basically just sign an application and then basically based on like, I think it's it takes place in Philadelphia and like Philadelphia, essentially, it's like once you have mail delivered to that house, like it is a, it's a lot harder to get you evicted out of that location. Yeah. So it's like, you can just move in, never pay for anything, fight with somebody, and like it's it's fucked up. It's fucked up, but it basically follows this dude who's just doing that up and down the East Coast. But yeah, I mean they're they're very well told. It, I mean it's good. I it similar to almost every single time that Netflix drops any type of docu series or even more recently like a reality show. I just finished the newest season of Love Is Blind. Like approximately 48 hours after you watch it, it just erases out of your brain and you don't yeah. think about it ever again. So like this was three days ago. So I'm already like grasping at straws about what, <laughs> what, what the segments are, but I remember the emotions that it invoked. So I, I say if you're a true crime fanatic and you enjoy watching that stuff, like I'll, I'll watch worst roommate ever a million times before I watch, like before I rewatch, like the American family one or like the don't fuck with cats one or like mm-hmm. oh, some of yeah. that stuff. That's like, really really fucking heavy heavy. but that was snakes on a plane for now tune in next week for our first ever two-part episode we'll do snakes on a plane part two uh tune in we're very excited for you guys to hear it and uh obviously hit up patreon.com backslash hmn podcast for all of those goodies bye
listening to the Geekscape Network. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.